the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I am Danny Smith alongside my compadre, my good friend, the world traveler, Ben South. How are you today, Ben? I'm good, Danny. It is good to be visiting with you again. It's been a little while since we've recorded this one. We took a break this summer, and so uh, we've had a couple episodes that we recorded earlier that are coming out. Now, it's been a while since we've just sat down and talked for a while, but we're doing well, getting ready to head out on mission here in a couple of days, so get a little bit of a break from the day-in, day-out of ministry here, but go serve in a different capacity for a few days. Yeah, that's always nice. It, uh, you know, those breaks built in, and we've talked about that here, obviously, on this podcast before, but it's nice to come back and just be refreshed a little bit. And uh, even if you're physically tired, it's kind of refreshing to come back, fresh eyes, and get ready. You know, I was, uh, when we were recording this, of course, we've talked college football a little bit before, but um, there's an, SEC media days going on and as uh, SEC fans that's sort of the unofficial start of the talking season and then into fall camp and, and so time is just barreling barreling by and uh, it's easy um, to kind of miss opportunities after having a vacation Bible school or having a mission trip or some type of camp and so uh, we've got a guest on today and that's right. You know, we've got a guest who you don't have to listen to Ben and I the whole time today. This may be the favorite episode today. this whole like the last few months. I have a feeling this is going to make a rebound on the uh, on the chart. <laughs> Downloads here. There you go. And uh, especially especially after they meet our guests, they're going to love this guy. And um, yeah, it's it's good to just you know take stock as uh, as time barrels on to make sure we're we're using every opportunity to. Uh, follow up or you know how to how to maximize or leverage any momentum that may have came out of a particular summer ministry and you know you're heading on mission how to when you get back what's that going to look like maybe for your team or or those involved and I think it's an age-old question how do we leverage that momentum for not just growth numerically but more importantly as disciples yeah, because sometimes coming out of the big buildup to events or camps or week weeks away, we come back on a spiritual high and then we just kind of tail off until the next big event. So I think it's an important thing to think through some ways we can leverage that momentum that you have. But we do have a guest with us today, someone I know pretty well. He works right next door to me, uh, but he's on staff with us here in Conway. Uh, Aaron Russell is joining us today. He's a student minister extraordinaire. Glad to have him on our team here. Glad to have him joining us on the podcast today. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing good. I would not call myself an extraordinaire, uh, but I'm doing good and uh, excited to be here. I have a feeling I'm going to be the best podcast guest of this summer. Just have a feeling. <laughs> You're the only one, but you would exactly. have, you'd be on the high end anyway. But well, Aaron, <laughs> hey, listen, you got to take any you got to take any accolade that comes your way. Okay, that's right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Uh, Aaron, take just a minute and tell our listeners, you know, about yourself, about your ministry, what you do, and where you've been, and where you're headed. All right. Um, 
So a little bit about me. I am from the metropolitan area of Magnolia, Arkansas. Um, most people probably don't know where that's at. Um, it's a little town of about 12,000 South Arkansas, uh, born and raised there, um, grew up at First Baptist Magnolia and hey, little, uh, went to. A little mm -hmm. thing about Magnolia. I actually saw a news article on a national news headline about Magnolia today. It actually may be a new hotbed of activity for lithium mining. Anyway, it's interesting. interesting. So interesting. Magnolia making the news. So maybe it'll it'll blow up. Who knows? Could you imagine um, if Magnolia doubles in size? Where will they put all those people? I don't know, man. There's no room. They'll have to kick out some of the cows, I guess. Um, so from Magnolia, moved to, to Conway, uh, attended UCA. And uh, while I was at UCA, interned um, here at Central Baptist Church. Um, worked at another church in North Little Rock for a couple of years. And then back in July of 2021, so um, about two years ago, I uh, joined the staff again as the student pastor here at Central. So um, it's been um, an incredible two years, and we just got back from a week of camp. Um, that was um, the only way you could really describe it was that there was a genuine move of the spirit. And so I'm excited to talk just a little bit more about, you know, how I've been following up from that and um, just your thoughts on those as well. Aaron, it is, um, you know, a very common theme a lot of times, especially from youth camp to hear youth ministers and the kids, you know, I actually was at a camp last week and would echo everything you just said, it seemed to be a real move of the spirit. Some, uh, some decisions made to follow Christ and some other things. We use that a lot though, right? If we have a good event with good programming and uh, lots of fun, it's easy to sometimes go, man, the spirit really moved. So, um, as you were at camp last week, and then as I've kind of thought through it as well, um, using that idea of a genuine move of the spirit, all that you would say, you know, it's easy to conflate the two at times, but here's a couple of things I saw um, that really indicated to my spirit that, that God was really at work and moving. And were there just a couple of things that stood out from that? I would say, um, as far as our camp goes, how I would maybe define move of the spirit was um, first of all, there were multiple salvations and um, multiple kids who wanted to recommit their lives to Christ. And um, every single night there seemed to be students confessing sin to one another, um, repenting um, those things that we look for as far as genuine repentance, um, those things were happening. Um, one of the things that is talked about a lot in student ministry circles or just camp circles in general is the idea of, of spiritual high. Um, you guys are probably familiar with that term. And uh, I actually gave a, a charge to my students at the beginning of the week. Um, there is such a thing as an emotional high or a spiritual high. Um, but I think what we, what we see at camp, um, I'm a big believer in camp. And I think what we, we get at camp and what we experience at camp is really just a taste of what life with God can actually be like, you know, we, we go to camp and we remove lots of distractions. Um, and we have time in the mornings. I mean, set times where, where students, they, you know, have to read their Bibles, you know what I mean? Uh, so they have time where they're spending time in the scriptures and they're around other believers um, and they're being encouraged. And, um, and so I like to use that language of not necessarily a spiritual high, but this is a taste of what life in God, life 
lived in the spirit, walking in the spirit. This is what it what it can be like. Um, and I think just setting that expectation from the beginning of camp really helps students to see that um, they can they can take what they've done at camp and what they've learned at camp home with them. So. Yeah, I think that it, it's really easy. What I've always told people is you have that church camp effect in that week when there's no other distractions, when nothing else is going on, when they're only around people who are at least, you know, claiming to be Christian, mm-hmm. or at least they're putting on the act for the week. It's really easy and good. It is very good to experience that because you're away from all those other things. You're away from bad influences in your life. But then you go home <laughs> and yeah. everything has a tendency to return to normal. Now, one of the things I've seen from our group at church, my daughter is in your youth group and she was on that camp trip and came back is it's kind of lingered among that group this year. And I think it did last year as well. Um, And maybe we can talk about this because it, it, it lingers for a while in the summer. It's easier to maintain that because you're kind of out the normal flow anyway. And so there's that camaraderie, that closeness. I know my daughter and I were talking and I think we decided last night that, uh, she had been out with her friends from youth group nine nights in a row, and maybe it was a night to be home uh, tonight. <laughs> so, uh, but so maybe those kind of things, it's easier when it's loose. But when they get back into the school schedule of classes, studying, homework, sports, some of that, you know, excitement just tends to just I don't think they ever intentionally let it want it to go away, but it just happens. And so what are some things you see or maybe plans you've got to kind of help keep that spurred along? Yeah, I would say um, this is something that uh, some churches um, don't follow this, but we we've met throughout the summer with our student ministry. A lot of times you'll suspend your student ministry or the kids ministry for the summer. And there's all sorts of reasons to do that or to not do that. Um, but that's one thing that we do is we we keep Wednesday nights, we keep Sunday nights, Sunday mornings, um, we keep those things um, going. And um, so that means that when we come home, there's an expectation to, um, you know, for a lot of students, they found new life at camp. And so they come home and now this new life intersects with their old life. And again, a lot of times that can that can put a spark out or cause the the fire to to maybe weaken a little bit. Um, and so I think as, as many times as, as you can get together and as many ways as you can, and this is something that we've seen, at least from, from this past um, camp, is we have a lot of students who are, who are wanting to serve, um, who are wanting to share their testimonies, um, who are wanting to, to have Bible studies together. And so as the student pastor, um, one of the, the considerations I have is how do I lead that? How do I pastor that? And uh, so just finding opportunities for students to continue to serve, um, creating opportunities, whether that's just opening up the gym, that's what they've been wanting to do on Sunday nights, open up the gym, let's hang out until 10 o'clock or whatever. And they've been starting a Bible study, a student-led Bible study. Um, and so those are some things that um, they have actually began themselves. I'm just trying to help them and pastor that and, and encourage them in that. Um, and it's something that they want to keep going themselves throughout the summer. So um, I would say again, just, I, I'm in a unique stage in life in that I don't have kids. Um, and so for me as a student pastor, it's a lot easier for me to give up my evenings. and I love to get to do that. Um, but just finding different ways that, um, you can encourage them to continue hanging out, uh, continue, continue building those relationships and then finding areas where they can, they can serve and use their giftedness, 
think that's a good way to keep the the flame going, if you would, um, as as school year hits, especially. You know, I think sometimes a a church may leave a youth camp, and let's say they let's say they have a, a smaller church. Maybe there's not some type of praise and worship team, or maybe there's not some type of really good speaker dynamic speaker. Maybe it's just a late, you know, give the time. But I, I think you guys really hit on it too. That idea of being, you mentioned it, like when, when you put these distractions away and Aaron, you really expounded on that. Uh, here's what life in Christ can look like if we would be uh, to use scripture discipline for the purpose of godliness. You know, if you told your kids a week and a half ago, Hey, why don't you not be on your phone for a week? The idea would have just been, and even for adults, you know, that like, well, yeah, that's a great idea. It's just not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I'll tell my kids all the time, you're on your phone too much as I'm on my phone. You know, it's just one of those. That's it. It's crazy, crazy talk. Let's not get all serious here. And uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. How can we get past that? And then the idea too that, and, and honestly, as you were talking, it, it just, you know, at least for me, a light kind of went off that rather than trying to replicate camp, okay, let's have this music, let's have this, this spot. The idea is, Hey, did you notice how, when you put a fewer distractions out of the way, what happened when you spent time with other people who also were pursuing the same thing, what happened when you simply lived life in Christ? Uh, it, it really, it takes the, especially not, and I'm thinking again of, of mostly maybe smaller churches that feel like, well, what was us? We don't really have anything to do for the kids. No, it's, it was those things in the everyday. So those are things you can incorporate into the rhythm of right. life, whether it's on the sports team or back at school. And it's just helping the kids see the value of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, we're blessed being a larger church. We have a good facility, a good recreational facilities inside and outside actually. So there's places for the students to hang out here. So they still can come with 40 or 50 of their friends to church, and it's not just sitting in a classroom. Not every church has the luxury, and I call it that. It's a luxury that we have, and it's a blessing. But if you're in a smaller church, there are some ways you could do things like that. Find out what they enjoy doing. Are there certain types of you know games or I don't know what teenagers do, card games, or there's some outside stuff you could do as weather starts cooling off this fall. You've got a parking lot at your church, most likely. Do a hangout there, figure out some outside games they can do, put together. Um, you know, there's some equipment you can get to make it easy that is worth the investment. Our students play a game called Nine Square in the Air. That mm-hmm. the portable system of that, that we have maybe the best money our church has ever spent in its 50 something years. 50, well, we're 70 years old, 70 years of existence, that few hundred dollars we spent for that mobile nine square in the air, which any church, if they would just invest a few hundred, could go get one of those things. And I'll tell you, there'll be 40 students lined up playing. And it's a fast paced mm-hmm. game and they love it. And they'll do it for hours. It amazes me. Um, so that's, I mean, a simple thing, even like that, a church who doesn't maybe have a gym could buy something like that, put it out on a parking lot. You could do it in a fellowship hall even. Um, you could lower it down to it, seat it inside with a beach ball and you wouldn't tear up anything, but it's a great just opportunity for them to fellowship. I've even seen so many student relationships just blossom and grow just by competitively playing with each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun when uh, we do our student senior luncheon and then the seniors, senior saints get in there with them um, and you get to see them compete, too. So that adds that a whole other dynamic. It's not just for the students. It's church wide. Yeah, which is hilarious <laughs> when one of the, the young guys accidentally forgets there's a 70 year old lady in the square next to him and he slams the ball down. And and gets her out, and everybody else shames him for yeah. spiking. We, on the we created the rule that if, if if you spike on a senior, you're out. That's that's our rule, at least. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> so there are some ways, even if you don't have a built-in facility, or think that you can build opportunities to keep those relationships fresh. And that's where even growth has happened here. I know because they've invited friends to come even up to those extra things, not just the church times. And then they have come to the church times and some of them have gotten saved because of that. Exactly. So Aaron, after camp, um, well, let me back up. So going through the summer, keeping a, a fairly normal routine of, of your teaching times and your, your together times, do you, after camp, um, do you have a plan of teaching discipleship that, have you had to, uh, you know, change that, tweak that some after camp based on what you saw? Or um, how do you try to align maybe the follow-up teaching times, discipleship times with what happened at camp? Do you, do you have something already preset for the summer and and you find that it just, I mean, it's all the scripture, right? So it's going to point to Christ, but any adjustments that you're making or um, how do you how do you plan that summer? And then when something like camp happens, a real move of the spirit, maybe make adjustments. Um, and so our, our summer plan had, had been set before camp at least. And so on Sunday mornings, we're studying through the book of Romans together, um, kind of a more slow movement through that book. And then on Sunday nights, we've been doing a book study together. Um, it's a book called the Jesus that I wish I knew in high school, um, which is super practical. It's a short little book. Um, each chapter is maybe four or five chapters um, that our students are, are working through and um, the only thing that I've really been um, so so with our, our Wednesday night, at least um, students have uh, basically been reading the chapter and then one student every week gives our recap. And so the only thing I've really seen as an adjustment after camp is I have a lot of people saying I want to do the recap now. Um, and so, again, trying to create extra opportunities um, for students who want to share their testimony, share their story, who want a chance to maybe speak in front of the group. And that's where we have kind of flexed. And um, this was a student idea, um, but we're also doing a Sunday night Bible study that's a lot more student led. Um, and so it's going to look different every year for camp. We haven't had a major um, adjustment. I do have some plans moving forward in the fall uh, for some things that I want to teach, maybe based on some of the conversations that I had. Um, but um, no, no major adjustments right now as far as summer schedule goes. Well, another thing on on this maintaining the momentum, you know, you look at the things that are ongoing weekly. But I would say when it comes to planning for the next thing, don't wait for momentum to die down before you plan the next thing. Um, one of the church growth, church health principles I remember is that, you know, church growth, church attendance, those kind of things kind of go up and down. There are peaks and valleys. But one of the things you want to do Instead of going off into those valleys, what you want is a catalyst type event that pushes you up to the next peak. So as you're coming off of summer peaks, summer camps, Bible school, whatever it is, youth trips, you know, playing in the park, whatever, 
look for some catalyst type promotion push you can push to the next high versus having to start back from the low of the valley where we're two months in before we do anything you know we're deep fall before we're really pushing for you know end of the year stuff or first of the next year go ahead and start now planning next spring next summer and look okay what do i need to do to build to that next one here is there some you know a weekend retreat is there some trip is there some focused, hey, we're going to come to the church and do a focused discipleship weekend here to kind of push the needle again before we tail off to come down into that valley. So the key to not having a slack off or a attendance dip into those deep valleys is before you start over that crest of the hill, a catalyst that launches forward again. So you're maintaining the momentum of the push, the growth, the excitement, the move of the spirit, and then something else that is a opportunity for the spirit to move again in the lives of those students. So it's not just waiting because the truth is, and and we're all this way, we all have those spiritual highs and lows, but if we're not careful when we get up to that high, unless there's something that moves in our life again, the spirit really gets a hold of us another way. We all tend to go back down into the valley and have a spiritual low. And, and there may be some of those, but if we can strategically look for ways that when we start coming over that crest to catalyze again and, and push forward to that next, you know, it doesn't have to be that the event has to be there, but we're planning for it. We're looking forward to it. Um, I think those are some things we need to do and look at just kind of the ebb and flow of ministry and life and see where we can strategically push using the momentum of the last hill to get up the next one. Because it's much easier to climb the next hill if you're halfway up than if you're at the bottom of the valley. So if we can put catalysts in there to help push us forward, um, I think that's a big help as we look planning down the road to maintain the summer ministry momentum. So, Aaron, what is the uh, the balance you're trying to strike between maintaining and leveraging? Anything that uh, any thoughts on maybe the nuance of those two words, the maintaining and the leveraging? Um, I would, as Ben was talking, I was thinking of this. Um, one of the main engines that we use as far as our student ministry goes, one of the ways that we maybe maintain the momentum and, and keep kids moving forward um, is just getting them connected into a small group or into a community um, where they're getting chances to, to share weekly, you know, the things that God has been teaching them, the ways that they've been pouring into others, sins that they've been struggling with, maybe confessing that before other believers. Um, and so that's been, uh, a slight adjustment that we've made within um, our student ministry um, as far as we began that beginning of this year. Um, some of those groups have died off a little bit during the summer because summer schedules are crazy. Um, but I know come fall, those will pick back up. And that's really, I, I would say, is as far as our our week to week in between the different events that we have as student ministry. Um, and of course, our, our regular Wednesday gathering, at least. Um, but I, I would say our small groups are really like the heartbeat behind our student ministry. And they're the, they're the ways that we maintain um, and follow up and really intentionally disciple um, our students is getting them connected into small group with other students and then having a trusted adult um, that's going to you know pour into them and disciple them. Um, as far as leveraging goes, 
um, again, that that work is done, I think, more so at camp. Um, you see the things that God is doing and you think of of ways that you can leverage that as you come home. Um, so that's a that's a definitely that's definitely something that um, you work at at camp. And um, you're just looking for different ways that the students are saying this. They wish they had opportunities to do this at home. They wish they had opportunities to do that at home. And so listening to that, um, having your ears open and then finding ways that you can actually incorporate some of those things that you you heard students saying at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge thing. I think that's key because I think every time I, I know historically I've done, been that way when you're with camps, like, oh, this would be a good idea if we did this. Well, come back and then get a plan to do those things. Don't just say, well, that had been a good idea. Actually do some of those things that can help maintain the idea, the, the experience. And to some degree, I'm, I'm, if you know me, you know, I'm not an emotionally driven person really, but, but you want to maintain the emotional connection to what God did in their lives as well to help them stay on this journey of, of the Christian life. And so I think that's one of those things. That's a great point of listening there. But now the key comes afterwards. Okay, you had these ideas. Here's the things they said they wish. How am I going to implement those and put avenues for them to actually do that? And I need to do it pretty quick because I want them to still remember, yeah, they're the ones who said they wanted this. So now they'll engage in that type of discipleship focus. Well, Aaron, tell us what's going on down the road for you in ministry, what you see coming up this fall with your students, anything big happening? Um, Like I said, we're um, starting small groups back, so I'm in full swing um, trying to find leaders and parents who are willing to give up a couple hours each each week to invest in students. Um, And then we're just getting plans together for for fall. Um, I'm about to have um, uh, one of the things that we do is we like to have juniors and seniors, our leaders in our group over to our home. So we're about to have a little junior senior um, meet up to talk plans for the fall and to get some of their ideas and listen to their feedback, some things they want to incorporate. So, um, yeah, July is one of my busiest times, uh, July and especially early August, just trying to get things ready for for the middle of May when we go back. So. Um, I'm excited for this new school year. Um, I've, I, like I said, I've been, I've been at central for about two years now. And, uh, I feel like, I feel like I'm just now really getting somewhere, um, just personally, um, as far as my investment in the students, um, and then kind of buying into the vision that I've maybe set. And so, um, I'm excited. We've got a really good, good crew of leaders, juniors and seniors who are going to step up this year. And, um, even since we've got back from camp, we've seen, students inviting their friends um, and just all sorts of cool conversations have been happening. So I am uh, very excited for fall to get here and we have a new football coach and our football team is going to be good. So I'm excited to spend my Friday nights at the football games. It's going to be fun. Having observed Aaron as a co-laborer and as a parent with kids in his youth group, he's really great at building those relationships and building avenues for students to develop relationships with one another. Um, so I'm sure Aaron will be available to reach out and help you and visit any way you'd want. Aaron, how can they get in touch with you or follow you on the socials or what, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I probably would say Instagram. Instagram is really the only one that I truly live on. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Aaron Blake Russell. Um, it's probably the best way to reach out to me, at least. There you go. Send him a message. He'll get back to you. That's right. That's Eventually. <laughs> I, I want to say one thing before we go, though. I mean, I don't know if anybody caught this or not, 
But Ben mentioned that uh, Central was 70 years old. So Ben, you've been there for almost like a third of the life of Central. My math is not totally correct, but uh, just FYI, I think that's worth noting as we get ready to end this <laughs> podcast. Yes, and um, I noted a while back, I am one of the old timers here around the church, but I don't feel old enough to be an old timer yet. But I look back and I, I do the math of some of the people in our church and I look at the age they were when I started coming here. I'm like, oh, I am old. So uh, it happens quickly. So beware. Well, thanks for joining us this week on Chair Two Leaders. Aaron, thanks for joining us again. And for Danny, uh, we hope you have a great one and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair Two Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair Two Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.